We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. The baseball season is go, go, go. It's nonstop, relentless for every night, six straight months, and then hopefully another month in October. You also have work, friends, family, and a million other things going on. That's when you reach for a Coors Light. It's made to chill. There's only one beer out there that's literally made to chill, and that's Coors Light. I mean, the mountains on the bottles and cans even turn blue when your beer is cold. Is there anything better than opening up your refrigerator after a long day, seeing that icy cold Coors Light can or bottle in your fridge? The answer is no. There's nothing better. That's why... When it's time to chill, you choose Coors Light. It's mountain cold refreshment made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So that's why when you want to hit reset, reach for a beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. And as always, celebrate. We are breaking down all aspects of Yankee baseball. This is the Bronx Pinstripe Show. With your host, Andrew Rotondi and Scott Reinen. Let's go. What's up, everyone? Welcome to the Bronx Pinstripe Show, episode 461. Today we're brought to you by Deal Dash. Go check them out at DealDash.com. Use our promo code BRONX20. Start making some deals. Scott, what's up? What's up? I told you. I, I, I just made that tagline up for him. <laughs> I, I'm a, I've been addicted to that site for a long time. So it's, uh, I'm very happy that they're, that they've come on board as a sponsor, but it's, it's one of those sites where you're, you know, you put in just a little bit of money and you can win something that's way more expensive and it's addicting. It's very addicting. And I have an addictive personality and I spend way too much time on that site. So yeah, go to deal dash. Um, what's well, up, man? Well, what kind we of thing, weird... what kind of things you making deals for? What's that? What kind of things are you betting on? What kind of things are you making? <laughs> I'm, an, I'm elect, an electronics junkie on that site. <laughs> I can confirm that. Yes. Yeah. Every time I talk to you, you got some latest model of something that you're trying <laughs> yeah, it's, trying to put together. It's bad. And Corona, the quarantine <laughs> did not help matters with with my addiction. Uh, 
I'm looking behind you in your office right now and I see like 14 electronics. Yeah, there's way too much crap behind me right now. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, boy, uh, different. <laughs> lots happened since the last time we recorded, huh? We thought we were just going to be talking about a nice four game series against the Phillies, a home and home. Nope. Nope. Other, uh, other, other things happened and didn't happen. Yeah, this is, this is kind of what we expected, I think, right? That you, if if uh, something pops up, you the the league is going to deal with it. They are going to. It seems like they're just so they're very gung ho about this this season and getting it in and uh, and they're making adjustments on the fly. To their credit, they're 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 working through it as best they can. I think. Um, obviously, Miami, not a good look. Not great. Don't go to the strip clubs. Stop going to the strip clubs as a team. And maybe unbelievable. And maybe just maybe we can uh, we can potentially get sixty games in, but. Yeah, it's one of those things that... Can you think of a more cliche Miami no. way to get coronavirus than going to a strip club? <laughs> no, <laughs> like, no it's, it's, um, it's, pretty, it's pretty good for the storylines. And I know that I know they were in Atlanta when they did it, but still, which is it's even, just so... Which is even better because Atlanta, known for the strip clubs. Right, right. Yeah, it's just like so Miami, so Florida for you know a team of young people. They're all making pretty good money. I know they're making less than they normally would, but it's still pretty good money, all things considered. Yeah. Uh, let's go to the strip club when when the world is in a pandemic right now. We're just trying to play some some clean baseball here. <laughs> nope. Got to go see some titties. <laughs> they, they, um, yeah. That's the thing. The one thing that I think a lot of people don't consider the NBA, MLB. You know, maybe they haven't considered the fact that. These are all guys in their early 20s that are very yeah. used to doing whatever they want. Think whatever back to when you were 22 want. years old. 22-year-old yeah. Scott. Yeah. Here's $300,000 a year. Well, it's <laughs> like, what are you it's doing? a little different because, you know, they worked their ass off to get to that point and they have like, uh, yeah, regiments but it's also- and stuff. I understand. But um yeah, the mentality is still they're 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 young guys and uh that's the like the NBA bubble. <laughs> you see people like breaking out to, to like go meet up with with girls or like girls trying to like, like break in. It's like yeah, climbing it, down the gutter, like <laughs> breaking out of your room in the middle of the night, going over to your yeah. girlfriend's house. It's like do you? Uh, I don't know if you ever went on field trips like back in like eighth grade and stuff. I, I we went on a couple of different ones. You know, Washington D.C. trip, New York trip, and the chaperones would always tape the doors. In the ho- in the hotels because oh, so- they didn't want they want people leaving, so we would always try and like figure out how we could get out without breaking the tape, retape the door. I feel like that's what the NBA bubble players are going to be doing for sure. They're definitely they're already doing it. It's just a matter of like don't get caught by Twitter. <laughs> that's the hard part, I think. Right, that's it's, really impo- it's almost part. impossible now. Yeah. So, um, but look, hey, we got back on the field earlier than I was expecting to tell you the truth. And then what they did is they went flexible with the schedule. They're like, you know what? Forget about it. We won't even go to New York. We won't go to Philly. We won't do these things. Let's just go to Baltimore. Let's just go to Baltimore and whoop their ass for a few days, and then we'll figure out the rest of it. That's pretty much what's yeah. happening. Yeah, so I guess we'll start with the the game last night. That Yeah, I, I, I do give baseball credit for sort of adjusting on the fly, figuring out, okay, how do we get the Yankees? How do we at least get the Yankees and the Orioles playing? Right. Because the Marlins obviously can't play. The Phillies are still at high risk. So they're still going through some tests. They're not going to play until the weekend. But that doesn't mean the Yankees and the Orioles just have to sit on their hands for the next week. They can play. They already have games on the schedule. Yeah. So let's just do those. So, so yeah, I give them credit in that sense. The Yankees uh, agreed as a team that they would go to Baltimore, which I find stunning that these teams are even allowed to vote on this kind of stuff. Well, I mean, it's you a know? matter of health. It's a matter of health and safety. So at, at some point, you have to have it. 
uh, it's, we live in a democracy where you can do whatever you want. You still have to no. ask the players if they're okay with doing that, if they feel comfortable enough doing that. And I, I guess, but I, I guess what I'm more talking about is the fact that the Marlins took a vote as a team to play, even though they had positive tests. Yeah, so you should, you should be, there should be someone saying no. <laughs> yeah. But, but then ask if, if they, um, if they agree with the yes. So do you agree with the yes, but a no can come from upstairs. Yeah. Yeah. That, I guess that's more what I'm talking yeah, about. Yeah. Yeah. But we're just like all, we've seen all these things about team votes. The Nationals voted not to go to DC. The Phillies voted not to do this. The, the, the Marlins voted to just try and infect everybody. It's like, that's the thing. Like, they, okay. The, like, this is, this is never going to work the, if that's what the we're teams doing. and the players should have the, <clears throat> excuse me, the ability to kibosh and just say, no, I don't feel comfortable going. But, um, the, the doctors or whomever is should be say, no, it's not, it's not safe for you to go. You're not going. And mm. it's a matter of, you know, you know, putting the decision of, of something that's a matter of, of safety and trying to keep everybody else healthy in the, in the hands of people who at least kind of know what they're talking about, not players. Right. So I guess the good news though, for the Yankees is it got Garrett Cole back on the mound earlier than expected. Yeah. We've played, we've played four games and he's pitched two of them. Love that strategy. Yeah. Day is not, I mean, with the games, yes, we've had more Garrett Cole. Uh, he had more rest, but he's able to um, get out there for two of the games, which is great. Yeah, and you could kind of tell maybe the extra rest hurt him early in early in the game. He wasn't as sharp in the first inning, and he looked pissed at himself. He always looks and pissed at himself because the guy demands perfection. If he, if, he, if he allows contact, he's pissed at himself. It's funny because it's like a very different Michael Pineda type thing. Because Pineda is usually the ball's flying out of the park and he's giving that reaction. Cole just like misses a spot and like strikes out a guy in a, in a way that he didn't want to strike him out. <laughs> and he gets mad at himself. <laughs> um, yeah, well, like on the uh, on the the run scoring double in the first inning, it was a complete mislocation. Yeah, he, he it was supposed to be an up up pitch and it was it was just down in the zone. And he was he was visibly angry after that. And um you know, I don't know if the mislocation is could be the extra day's rest. It could be the fact that it's still early in the season, a weird season. Yeah, whatever chalk it is, chalk it up to and chalk it up to just you know randomness. Mm-hmm. But I'm not gonna lie. I mean, seeing that sort of perfectionist men- mentality is is enjoyable to watch from a fan perspective. Absolutely, I love it. I, I think that I think when when you see a guy that you have given, you know, this massive contract to who comes in with all the expectations in the world and then feels that and and then tries to deliver on that, but doesn't make it like it's too much and overwhelming where it affects the, what he does on the field. It's a matter of like, I have something to live up to. And, and uh, yeah, the guy's just a, he's a, he's a pro man. He's a pro's pro. And that's, that's what we've been talking about early, you know, from the nine months we didn't have baseball for seven months that we had Garrett Cole with no baseball. We were talking about the fact, like, how is this going to affect the rest of the team? How is that that type of um, that type of uh, Garrett Cole mentality going to, you know, rub off on a Gary Sanchez or rub off on some of the other pitchers? And, you know, time will tell. We'll see. Um, and maybe mm-hmm. we will never see. Maybe we'll never know. You can't touch it, feel it. You could just, you know, assume or, uh, you know, look at body language and things like that. But I do think that the, the type of mentality uh, does rub off and, you know, I think it's a very good thing to have around the team. The um, it, it, I don't know if you saw this. Brian Hoke tweeted a screen grab from their Zoom post game, and Garrett Cole's kind of just like messing around with the camera, kind of like getting up close. Looks like he's just having a like a fun, you know, silly goose time. And uh, it, I, I kind of think like, 
you know, we didn't, I don't know, we didn't follow the Astros that closely, but, you know, we didn't see that going around social media or anything when he was on the Astros. So I'm wondering if like no, he couldn't, he's just happy. Yeah, he couldn't bring. He's just happy to be cameras when he was happy to be out of Houston. Ha- happy to be out of Houston now. Enjoy in, enjoying his time in New York, just having a fun time, enjoying that 320 million. Yeah, and you know he's on a very good team too. It doesn't doesn't hurt things. You, they're in Baltimore for some uh, you know spa days, and the, the, they're they're living the life right now. I I was I. I, the inning when Judge hit that pop fly home run and then Hicks just mashed one to Utah Street. I'm like, Camden Yards is a cheat code for the Yankees. Like, what what are we doing like, here? Yeah, it, it's it, borderline unfair. I, and I know part of it, a big part of it is the shitty Orioles pitching. It's so bad. But that stadium, the Yankees just – because at least Yankee Stadium, we know, right field, short porch. But like you still got to crank it to get it out to center and left center. I feel like anytime you hit a fly ball at Camden Yards, thing is at least at the warning track. So I, I really – like you know – when we do the bold predictions and I did it last year, it's just, and I, and I, and I predicted the, uh, the, the massive slaughter of the, the Orioles. I mean, I just, it's not like it's that bold. Honestly, like I'm looking back at it. These are not bold predictions. These are, uh, these are assumptions. When you walk into that team and into that, into that place and you see that team in front of you, and <laughs> you can name five people on it, maybe not even that many. And then you see their pitching. Their pitching is so bad. I don't know how they can ever, 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 ever beat the Yankees. Well, okay, beat the Yankees. I thought you were going to say win a game, but they or won anybody, two out of three or, against or, Boston. But they beat Boston two out of three because Boston might actually have worse pitching than the that's Orioles. That's the only thing that they can do. You have to have worse pitching and then and then find a team on a day that's not as sharp at the plate. That's the only time. But so, I don't know how they s- can possibly ever beat the Yankees. With the amount of weapons that are in the bullpen, at any given time, they could stop it. They could stop the bleeding, right? Right. If it's if it's getting, you know, to if, it's if, get, the if they're within to, three. <laughs> <laughs> if the Orioles somehow score five runs, you know, off off the starting pitcher for Fine, the Yankees. We'll score the Yankees will score nine yes. that game. So it's gonna be okay. Did you see this? I was blown away with this stat. So um James Smythe, who does the Yes Network stats, he tweeted this out. The 2000 Yankees Orioles, the 2000 Yankees offense complete as a, as a team versus the Orioles are basically put up the same stat line as 1997 Ken Griffey Jr. who won the AL MVP. You're saying the, the <laughs> 2000, what did you say? The, ni- the 19, 2019 Yankees, last year's oh, okay. Yankees as a team against Yankees. Okay. Against the Orioles as a team. Yeah. Hit 303 with 61 home runs and 147 RBIs. 1997 Ken Griffey Jr., which is like possibly peak baseball player ever, you know, like just prime Ken Griffey Jr., hit 304 with 56 home runs and 147 <laughs> RBIs. So as a team, they were Griffey. They were Ken Griffey. They were Ken Griffey Jr., which is one of the best, you know, best baseball players, best seasons we've ever we've ever seen. So I mean, yeah, th- that's pretty telling when you when you when you're spreading out across, you know, however many guys, more than more than nine, you know, you're getting a lot, a lot more than nine filtering right. into that lineup uh, during the, the the twenty games or nineteen games that they play them. Yeah, there's it's just a, it's an embarrassment when you look at 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 that team and how they um, they have really no position. They have no business to ever win a game. I, the Yankees bats would literally have to just become gone. They'd have to use toothpicks and not, or, or maybe little league bats or something. Even then I don't even, I have confidence in them. I mean, I was, you know, how would we make it 
other than just spotting the Orioles like six runs, how do you make it even? Do you only give the Yankees two outs an inning? Is it only two strikes and then you're no, out? Like you, you, you can't walk. Like what the is the only it? thing that can ever no no catcher's interference because that happened twice in an inning in the <laughs> first inning. That yeah, and and it wasn't. They were egregious catcher's interference. Like his hand almost got taken off. The Jacoby Ellsbury was watching that, just being like, "Oh man, I'd be so good in this game right now." Yeah, but Ellsbury just would nick it. You know, like this. This guy's hand was coming off. The um, one of them I thought it hit his mask. The Stanton one I thought he hit him in the head. Yeah. And that's how close he right, was. I, I was know. like, oh my God, did he just plow him in the side of the head? Yeah, the guy chops an axe too. What are you doing? Back up. <laughs> the It's not worth it, bro. You're not going to win the game. You're, you're just back up. <laughs> Save your arm and your head. My God, Stanton's up. The guy's a machine. I mean, he had a terrible game the whole time. He's letting pass balls and stuff the yeah, whole time. he looked terrible. The, so I don't understand how the Orioles this entire – I don't. I can't even remember the last time they've had a, a stud pitcher – that, that's actually like well, done that means and we're gonna see means tonight means was an all-star last year what does that mean three i mean he 3.6 era and like in a full season of starts i mean i mean he's not a stud but he's not he's not that wadja makowski whatever the, who who was that I, I, who was that guy i don't know he was like a he was a generic thor but the uh he was a bizarro <laughs> thor off off brand thor <laughs> And I mean, actually, I thought his stuff looked decent. He had seven strikeouts early on. I mean, granted, everybody is swinging for the moon. So it kind of goes along with that. You're going to miss occasionally, but they did connect as well. So he's, I I was listening to the post game actually with him talking. He's like, yeah, I thought the pitch really well executed. Just those mistakes hurt me. I'm like, well, yeah. Yeah. The ones that go to home runs, the the ones that hit the, uh, the ones that give it four bombs, right? Yeah. It was, uh, yeah. Mulamehu, Judge, uh, Hicks. And somebody else. I guess. I guess it was Maybe three. three. Yeah, it was. It was. Um, it, was it was a lot of mistakes that were very costly for him. So. No, but I mean, I think Means is a he's a competent pitcher, and Jay Happ's pitching tonight, first outing of the season on very long rest because of this but delay. Delay. He hasn't pitched since October. Well, no, he did. Um, he pitched in the the exhibitions. Yeah, it doesn't count. What I'm talking about is, you know, we might see, we might, Means already pitched this year. So we, we might, they might be even playing ground, at least for the first couple innings, as far as starting pitching goes. As long as you keep the ball on the ground, which is a tall task. Yeah. No, it's a, that's the thing. I, I was watching some of the Blue Jays game last night too. And this, um, uh, this kid Pearson, who, who was not mm. expected to come up, uh, Arden Zwelling, who I talked to from Sportsnet Canada, is uh, the guy who comes on and and talks to us about the Blue Jays all the time. He was not expecting the Blue Jays to have him on the roster. And he, I, we actually talked about this after we cut, which I, I should have kept recording because our conversation was like very, very good for another half an hour after that. Um, but they were they were holding him down, basically service time. They were they were holding him down and there was uh, you know a, a rumbling on the team because they have the bats that are they're excited about, but the pitching is the one area that they're not. And they had this one kid, Pearson, who's from what Arden was saying, clearly head above shoulders, the best pitcher on the team, like beyond, there's no doubt. Uh, and I was watching a little bit of him last night. He looks really good. Big kid, throws hundred miles an hour uh, and, and pitch really well against the Nationals. So starting to see a little bit of that, that young starting pitching in the AL East, but it's just really, we have not seen that in a long time besides Tampa, mm. I guess Tampa would be the exception uh, for, for seeing that young pitching, but really they're the only team. The Orioles haven't had a good pitcher in a long time. Yeah. Well, Strowman was was good for a while. He he was he was okay. 
And who was the other kid that they had that got hurt? He had all the blister issues. Oh, yeah. He went to the Astros. Yeah. Sanchez. Yeah. Yep. Um, I mean, the Blue Jays might be the third best team in the division. I think I think it's close. Yeah, I think if this if if they have Ryu and and Pearson now, if Pearson's you know is the real deal and, and continues this on, that's two legit two legit um, starting pitchers that they you know they only thought they had maybe one. So yeah, if, if I the mean, bats I, can come together and those those young guys can continue to play, they could they could be a wild card for sure. And now the, especially with all, with the you know. With the playoffs opening up, expanded playoffs. I'm not even talking about them making the playoffs. I mean, I it think they'll give be in them that life. chunk. It gives them life. They'll be in that chunk of teams that are competing. I just, I know it's only six games for the Red Sox, but they have no pitching. No, we and Eduardo Rodriguez is going through some serious health complications yep. from COVID, and he might not pitch this year. Right. And Evaldi is like their only guy you can at least point to and say, "Well, that's a competent major league pitcher when he's healthy." I'm surprised you say that. They I'm don't surprised ha- you say that. They don't have anybody else. No, and he's nobody and, and else. He's going five innings at 109 pitches. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> seven walks, 12 strikeouts, five innings. He he doesn't have that many strikeouts. He has a uh, he actually pitched pretty well his first time out. I was surprised when I saw the line and it was it, right. He's good as a Red Sox, shitty as a as a he's good as a Red Sox reliever. But the um they have no pitching. They're they have no pitching. They have no pitching and no depth. That's going to be a problem for them. Yeah, I can see the Blue Jays sneaking above them. Uh, so the last thing I want to talk about with Cole, he um, he couldn't quite get through the seventh inning. Uh, I mean, I think it made sense to send him back out there. You got to start pushing him a little bit, especially he was cruising. And, and after the first inning, he was cruising. I think he retired 19 of, of 20 batters. So, you know, Boone is pushing him out there. He's your ace. You want to start ramping him up to seven full innings. So I, I, I totally agreed with sending him out there. He couldn't quite get through the inning, um, gave up a two-run shot. And then... This is the first time I really thought about it. Avila, right? That's who came in. Avalon of Avalon. That's his name. Um, he kind of got into a little bit of a jam. And all he all Boone wanted to do was get one more out in the inning. But he for a minute there, I thought he's not gonna be able to get out of it, but he has to face the three batters. Right. Right? So that's the first time I thought about it. Like, oh, we have a a scrub on the mound, and he might just give you know, let the Orioles back into this game because he's got to go three batters no matter what. Like, I hadn't thought about that rule right, as far as it pertains happened. to the Yankees until it was right there and it was in front of my eyes. Yeah, that's uh, it's it's definitely something now that we have to consider when a guy walks into the game. He's there for, you know, until the inning is over or those uh, or, 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 or three batters at, the, at minimum. So, yeah, it's like control the damage if you're not pitching well. Well, most of the Yankees relievers, you're fine with it. Canely, Adovino, Chad Green. I mean, even Jonathan Holder, or if it was Luis Sessa out there, it's like don't, okay, don't put three Luis batters Sessa at the bottom of that of the of that pile. I'm very confident. I mean, he's the he's the bottom of that pile of those play, of those pitchers I just I mentioned. I have him above Holder right now. Holder's not got doing nothing for my confidence. Okay, but you know what I'm saying. Avalon's out there, and you're like, okay, three batters. I don't know yeah, about that's this. That's the Orioles. We can live with that. Because if they catch up, if they score any runs, we'll just go out and score some more runs. <laughs> it's like, hey guys, how many should three this inning? Four? What hey guys, how how many do you plan on scoring today? Yeah. Seven? Okay, okay, guys, they they're gonna score seven, so we're gonna go out and score eight. Just end this game right yeah. now. Yeah, it's no problem. How long until you think someone talks to Garrett Cole about trimming his hair? I don't think anybody's gonna say damn thing. <laughs> You don't think so? Well, I, I, you, it's pretty bushy in the back. That's okay. It is right at the bottom of the neckline. There has been a very high tolerance 
for the long for the the hair like that, the bushy hair. You you, you look back at Yankees history, you go back to the nineties, early nineties, eighties, all over the place. I mean, Mattingly got, bat- got in a fight with Steinbrenner over the mullet. I did a history. I know you did, but it. that was also more of a. It was a straight-haired mullet where the ef- the effect of that visually looks disgusting, <laughs> and it looks <laughs> and it looks and it looks longer than it is. When you have the bushy so, hair, I think it's like a you know it's you, you can't it's deceiving how long it is sometimes. Because yeah, it's because on some some angles you look at it and you're like, oh, that's pretty long, and then other angles it's kind of puffed right. up, so it doesn't look as it looks more just like an afro. Humid night, humid night, that that thing is puffing yeah. up even higher. So um, I think that there's a well, they've also there. and it's Garrett Cole, so I think they're looking the other way. <laughs> yeah, as long as he's going out Do you there, think shove, Garrett Cole, shoving on the Garrett mound. Cole probably has a line on his neck, a mental line on his neck yeah. that if it touches. If it touches it, he's cutting like two hairs. And then so, it touches it, he's cutting two hairs. It'll probably never get he, below that line. When he signed the contract and then before the press conference, he shaved and he cut it pretty short. But it doesn't look like he's cut it since quarantine. I think he's trimming hairs to make sure it's just above the line because he's a, he's a rule follower and he's a perfectionist. The Yankees have also definitely let the rules slide especially for pitchers on five o'clock shadows. Clemens always used to pitch with a five o'clock shadow. Sabathia, especially later in his days with the Yankees. I mean, he almost have a full beard on the day he pitched. There are some days where these guys probably walked out. They were like, you know what? I've been in the league for 19 years. F it. I'm not, I'm not shaving today. What are they going to do? Yeah. I just, because I read a, when I did that history episode, what history I did one on the appearance policy. Um, there was an article I read about how Cashman jokes with players to get them to cut their hair. Yeah. He'll walk around the clubhouse, and if he sees a guy with like a little bit too much of a beard or something, he'll go up to him and go, "Hey, is your your rotator cuff hurting?" They're like, "What?" He goes, "Well, can you not lift the razor to your face? What's going on here?" Yeah, and like Cashman will sort of police. He'll, do it, he'll, do, it like a, he'll it. do it in like a um, a dad joke way. Yeah, yeah. So, so that's good. That's not. It's like I'm not gonna I'm not gonna get on your ass. I'm, You're not going to get like I, a memo. What I've noticed. But <laughs> <laughs> I'm noticing, just so you know. Yeah. My mental ruler is out. Um, Brett Gardner not looking too hot at the plate. Four strikeouts last night. No no hits on the season. And I tweeted out, you know, Brett Gardner over on the season. He had a terrible at-bat late in the game where he just looked like overmatched. And I got a lot of people replying, Gary Sanchez too, Gary Sanchez too. I woke up to a text from my dad this morning. Because my dad wakes up at just the ass crack of dawn, so he always checks the box score in the morning. Would someone please recommend a new eye doctor for Gary Sanchez? Was the text from my dad. He's catching the ball, and, okay. And uh, well, except in the ninth inning on Sunday, that was a, that and, was a pass. Um, because <laughs> they won. Um, right. and you know, yes, fair. Gary Sanchez looks terrible at the plate too. I'm I'm less concerned with Gary Sanchez's offense than I am with Brett Gardner's offense. Oh, I'm not. I would. I'm. Brett Gardner's offense doesn't concern me. That's that's the thing. Like it doesn't it doesn't concern me. Gary Sanchez is an impact player, and if he's not right, that to me is a detriment to this lineup. Brett Gardner, great guy, been around forever, clubhouse leader. If he falls off this year, we have guys to 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 play the outfield. It's not a, it's oh, not no, an issue. Obviously, that's not what I meant. What I meant is, who do you have more confidence in figuring it out at the plate? I have more confidence in Gary Sanchez figuring it oh, out. Oh, I don't. I have I do. way more confidence in Brett Gardner figuring out his wow. game than Gary Sanchez figuring out his game because we've well, what is Brett- we've seen so many long 
time, long gaps, long slumps from uh, from Gary Sanchez. Where he just can't hit the ball, and he's not even. It yeah. doesn't seem like he's around the the the, the mental capacity yep. to hit a ball and get yes. into that frame. I have, and, and it's infuriating. Yeah. I agree, it's infuriating. But at the same time, we've seen stretches where he's hits nine home runs in fifteen games, and it all kind of comes out in the wash to a productive catcher. Is it frustrating because he's so hot and cold? Absolutely. But what is Brett? You said, I, I have confidence in Brett Gardner figuring out his game. What is his game? Is it 28 home runs? Is that his game? Well, no, he's, he's going to, he's going to start making more contact. I think we're going to start seeing Gardner have those long at bats, make more contact. He wasn't unless, a contact guy last unless, year. He's, he wasn't a contact guy the year before. He still, he still works the count. He still does what he needs to do in the count. He's also not the leadoff guy anymore where he's, he's, he's changing no. his, his position a little bit in the lineup. Look, I, it doesn't, at some point, Brett Gardner is an older guy. Like he's, his, his skills are going to fall off. And I think in a year like this, I know you could go two ways. You could look at it as, there wasn't as much load on the body, so that's a positive thing. Or it takes a long time, a much longer time for an older guy to gear up and like stay up and, and stay into like get your body in a place where it's really feeling comfortable. And then when you get into that that daily grind, you can actually feel the um, the muscles just like you know recuperating a little bit better. I think it's it, potentially at a at a weird stage for him where he's maybe just not feeling all the way into the games yet. I think it takes him – it's probably going to take him a little longer to get going because of well, his do age. you let him ride? Do you let it ride? you got Talkman on the bench. You've got you've got uh, Frazier in, in the taxi squad. Like, do you let it ride? You have Anduhar who can play left field. It's not I mean, going to ride for much – no, field? it's not going to ride for too long. I mean, they're, they're definitely going to give him, you know, the benefit of the doubt for – until he can at least try to sh- – they're going to give him the opportunity to get off the schneid. They're, they're going to. Um, but, no, you can't wait that long because you do have – you have very, very capable people who are gunning for that spot and probably better, honestly. Right. Because like, I, I don't know what Brett Gardner's game is. I don't believe it's a 500 slugging percentage guy, which he was last year for the first time ever in his career. I don't think that's him. I think it's more like what we saw in, in 2018 and 2017, which honestly wasn't that great. It was like a 325 on base percentage, about a league average hitter. If you don't have anyone else to play left field, that's fine because he's going to play elite left field defense and league average offense. Like you can live with that, but you might have that plus waiting behind him is all I'm saying. Yeah, you, you, well, you do. Even with Talkman right there, you do. You have the defense already. We know that. And the offense, you know, from the from the sample size that we've seen. It's it's uh, it's there. I mean, he he can he can play. So I, I think Gardner's in a position where, yes, you're, you're confused at what kind of a player he is, but he's been something for his entire career. And then the last few years, he's been able to put the ball in the stands a little bit, change it, you know, really just be a change his approach at the plate. I think a little bit one, not a leadoff hitter anymore. And, and so he's in a different spot there. He doesn't have to do the same things that he did while he was a leadoff, like looking at those pitches, just, you know, fouling a ton of balls off so that the guys behind him can see the pitches. It's not his role as much anymore. So and and when you're getting older, like he probably knows that he's not going to make as much contact. So gotta you know change that exit the uh, uh, the the launch angle a little bit to to get some production. You know I think he's in a weird place honestly offensively, and I think it's part of it is because of the age. Hmm. Yeah. So as I said, Hap's pitching the last game in Baltimore, and then Monty's going to make his debut uh, this season um, on Friday against Boston. I think that's an interesting matchup because as much as we shit on Boston earlier, they can still hit and they still have a lot of right-handed power 
in that lineup. So that'll be an interesting test uh, for Monty. And then Tanaka is going to make his first start of the season on Saturday against Boston. And then Paxson's coming back, hopefully rebounding uh, in the last game. Yeah. Eyes are on Tanaka. You know, I mean, their eyes are on a lot of we want to see. Oh, I think all three yeah. of those pitchers, you're looking for something out of all three of those pitchers sure. against Boston. Yeah, no, it'll be it'll be fun. Uh, intriguing matchups, no doubt. Uh, I really hope Paxton can rebound and we see some uh, some more signs of a healthy guy that, that's out there and can execute yeah. his pitches. You know, we want to see the velocity up. We want to see him actually hitting his spots, which has been a problem for him in the early goings of some of these games. Even going back to last year, he he would run into trouble early, wouldn't be able to find the spots. Um, his location. If, if that guy can find his location early on, he's really hard to hit. But I mean, that's an easy thing to say, I guess. When you have a power pitcher on the mound as a lefty, if you're missing the locations, you're in, you're in, you're in trouble. He also didn't have his velocity against the Nats. He was throwing 92, not 96. That's the thing. Like some of the best pitchers, you know. Again, we've this is this is such a it's become a cliche now. I, I know Cohen talks about it a lot. Uh, when when you don't have your best stuff and you can go out there and still work, you can still find the zone. Even if it's not your best stuff, even if it doesn't have the best action or the late movement or whatever it is, throw the ball over the goddamn plate so that you can at least put yourself in a position to, you know, trick a batter or, you know, make a good pitch. Well, some pitchers, some pitchers can't do that. And Paxton's still at the stage in his career where he probably can't do that. I don't, he's, he's lived, stage in his career, he's lived on, he's, he's into his career. There's no, there's no more no, stages he, of his career. He's in the freaking heart of his career. Like figure but it out. His, <laughs> his success has come from stuff. Power fastball, good curveball. His success has come off of his stuff. Power fastball right? means absolutely nothing if it's not over the plate, though. No, but but ninety two for his fastball, sure. like, but you saw it. He wasn't getting any I'm not swings arguing and misses. That. I'm not arguing that. Like, yes, the, uh, the velocity has to go back up. There's a that's there's no doubt about that. If he's it, like we we see Tanaka live at ninety two yeah, because he's, he's got movement and he pl- and he places it and he gets swings and misses at ninety two. Paxton was getting no swings and misses at ninety two. Even at ninety six, so, ninety seven, Paxton s- still has issues commanding the fastball early in the game. He, he does, but. 97, you can get a swing and miss on a mislocation. 92, it's the very least the guy's going to extend the at-bat. Yes. But 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 right now, guys are spitting on it, too, because they yeah. know it's not over the plate. And that's a problem. All right, guys, we got a new sponsor to the show, and this is actually one that I'm very excited about because I have been addicted to this site for a very long time. Have you ever heard of DealDash.com? It's the best, most honest bidding site where you can win things that you'd never expect at a price that you'd never believe. They have over 1,000 auctions every single day on electronics, appliances, beauty products, home decor, and even cars. I know I have been on there with a lot of the electronics products. Here's how it works. It's like an auction, but every single time anything starts, it's at $0. And then it goes up from there every cent uh, when you when you bid every single time. The kicker is that the auction clock restarts after 10 seconds. That means that every single time you bid, everyone else has 10 seconds to answer or the item is absolutely yours. It's absolutely addicting and it's fun and you can get some stuff very cheap. If you go ahead and buy now, Deal Dash is offering our listeners, the Bronx Pinstripe Show, an extra 100 free bids upon sign-up on top of their other discounts. It's a great deal. The 100 free bids is something that I would definitely recommend doing. Go to DealDash.com and use the offer code BRONX20 or DealDash.fm slash BRONX20. That's D-E-A-L-D-A-S-H dot F-M, DealDash.fm slash BRONX20. 
Sports are back, baby, and so are your chances to bet on your favorite teams and events. Major League Baseball finally kicked off this week, and there's no better place to start wagering than our exclusive partners, Bet Online. Check out all the odds, futures, and prop bets to bet on, all available 24-7. And with the return of sports, Bet Online sat down with former pro players Eddie George, Harold Reynolds, Scott's boy, so maybe he should have been reading this copy, and seven-time NBA champ Robert Horry. See what they had to say on what it'll be like playing without fans in a series they're calling Fandemic. Visit betonline.ag for all your odds and up-to-date sports news. Remember to use promo code BLUEWIRE to receive your new welcome bonus. That's promo code BLUEWIRE. BetOnline, your online wagering experts. So we touched on it at the top of the episode, just the the outbreak on the Marlins team. What's the latest count? 17 personnel? I think it was 18 that I saw last night. So spin zone, they've reached herd immunity. Is that what that is? <laughs> More than 50%, right? I guess it's the traveling team. So I don't know how many people are traveling with the team. This was, in my opinion, this was the biggest threat to shut down the season an outbreak on one team because then you see the trickle down effect. Okay, you have to cancel this game. You have to cancel that game. Did they infect the, the Phillies? Did they infect another team? So far, so good on the front of not infecting the Phillies. No positive tests have come back from the Phillies. But then I saw Rosenthal tweeting um, yesterday on Wednesday that they won't know officially until Saturday if the Phillies are in the clear. Um, why? They, they they said health officials said that they could see tests, positive tests from the Phillies. They won't rule out the Phillies until Saturday is what because health Because they need to get said. more than one. They need to get multiple negative tests. That's why. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So so at the very least, you took – the Marlins took the Phillies out of a week of action. Yeah. I mean, look, is um, this, so is this like a, uh, you know, a jab that, that connected to the face but – but but MLB took it and is moving moving forward and, well, and like- I think if, if 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 no Phillies got it, I think they are going to take it. And I didn't think they'd be able to, but I think they're going to. And it's probably going to be okay. Well, Phillies might just play fewer games than everyone else. Marlins might play fewer games than everyone else. You got to live with it, right? You got to make some sacrifices. As long here. as it stops, as long as it doesn't continue to happen, that's the thing. Right. And but if this spread to the Phillies, yeah, and then ten Phillies go down, yeah. Now you have a I don't problem. know I don't know how baseball can survive that. Right. If it starts spreading team to team like that. Um so if it's just contained, I think we're in the clear. We kind of like you know, they got to the cliff edge, right? They looked over, they almost went over, but then they caught themselves. Yeah. They they just they, but um if it if if this spread, I don't know how they I don't know. Yeah, I mean, this is gonna this this is going to be the threat every single week. We're gonna, you know, hope that it doesn't happen with and we, first weekend, first freaking weekend. Well, of course, it Could doesn't, make it doesn't it choose one weekend. when it, you know this happens. That's the whole point of this whole thing. Is that no? But like I asked you the question last episode, how do you think the players are handling the protocols? And they're not. I said they're and not. I'm not just yeah. talking. I'm just not. I'm not just talking about Marlins going to strip clubs because that is that egregious. is egregious complete douchebaggery okay <laughs> but high fives sitting close in the dugout not social distance i don't know why masks are not at least mandated for first baseman because that's a close contact when about, the runner gets to first base and 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 umpires and the batter yep. they're all there yep probably need it there too 
the right fielder doesn't need a mask, but the first bit, those players at least need a mask. And then maybe because in theory, you're not going to strip clubs. You're being contained outside the thing. And now you're everybody's being tested. So the people on the field, in the people theory. on the field should be fine. That's that's well the, the premise behind this. There they should be don't be an ass off the a, field. They should be a lower risk. Yeah. They should be at a lower risk because they still could get it. Yeah. It could still get it from a hotel or the or the fine. flight or whatever. Don't be an ass but off it's a the lower field. risk. You're gonna be an ass off the field, then you're gonna infect people. But but like so I asked you, how are they handling the protocols? And then we saw we're gonna talk about this more, but the dust up, the bench clearing thing with the, the Astros and the Dodgers. You had th- 60 people on the field, 20 of them maybe were only wearing masks. Yeah, I mean, these things are going to happen. That's that's the thing about baseball. You're going to have you're going to have altercations that naturally occur when you have a uh, you know, a team that cheated into a World Series. <laughs> and a guy like Joe Kelly was a little bit uh, off the rocker, which I'm I'm very happy with this time. Uh and and I saw your tweet. You'd you'd like Joe Kelly a lot more if he actually hit them. It's a yeah, solid. Maybe point. hit one of them. It's a good point. I mean, he especially for eight. You took you took two shots at him. You missed both times. Swing and yeah, miss. We'll both talk times. about the suspension, which is unbelievable. Uh, but yeah, hit the guys. Let's just. I mean, come on. <laughs> put it in their back. Can we make them uh, feel it? We don't need to scare them. We need to just put one in their back. I'm not saying go at their head. Put one in their back. No, even the Astros don't throw it their head. That's no. Just put one on their back. Yeah, but um, the uh, what was I gonna say? Yeah, so like the protocols on the field, I think are let there. Some teams are you know they're they're lax with it, but maybe this is a wake up call, right? Maybe this yeah, is gonna don't go to strip turn clubs. out to be don't go to strip clubs. No, but maybe this Marlins thing is actually gonna turn out to be a good thing for the league in the sense that every team is like, oh shit, this is a wake up call. Yeah. We we dodged a bullet here. We can't mess up again. Yeah, I want to get paid, guys. Don't go out to the strip clubs. I want to get well, paid. Well, that's another thing. The Marlins aren't going to get paid for these games missed. The The Phillies, the Yankees, and the Orioles are going to get paid, but the Marlins might not. So it's sort of like punishment there. I mean, I think that's kind of unfair, but at the same time, don't go to a strip club. Yeah. I mean, when you see what happened and how- <laughs> It all comes back to don't go to a strip club. And David Price. So I want to talk about David Price's tweet. I'm assuming you saw this. He said, now we really get to see if MLB is going to put players' health first. Remember when Manfred said players' health was paramount in all caps. Part of the season, part of the reason I'm at home right now is because players' health wasn't being put first. I can see that hasn't changed. On the one hand, he's right. On the other hand, they got it because they went to a strip club, dude. How is that the league's fault? Right. Well, I mean, I think if he's he's talking about, you know, the end result and there are guys who are infected so now what so what what i think he's talking about is the fact that like you could we could cry about how it happened but the fact is is that it did happen and now it's here now what well his where i agree with him is they got four positive results on saturday they had a team meeting on sunday and as a team decided eh screw it wing it who cares let's be honest mattingly said it was never in our mentality not to play Are, are you kidding me I, I think that quote was t- was uh, I'm going to stand up for my guy here. Mm-hmm. I, I think this this whole bad look for Mattingly. I don't week. think so. I, I think that the um, yes on the on the illness side of it, they should have made it. I, I think we're talking about the mentality is like yeah, every day we're walking in like we're going to play, we're going to play, we're going to play. Like the, that's the mentality of doing this. We're not coming in saying we're not going to play. I think the, I think that was a little bit misquoted or taken out of context, honestly. But at the same time, I understand the criticism on 
it's not his call though either. Like those those should not be the calls. But it of the was guy. his call. They, but it was, and that's the problem. It was the team's call somehow. Exactly. It should health not be. It should be health officials' call, like we said at the top. Health officials officials need to step in and say you're not allowed to play today, guys. You cannot have. You cannot give that that decision making to the guys who need to walk out on that field to earn a check, or the guy that has a job and his record wins and losses are based on the people that are going out there. You can't put that, you can't put that um, into their decision-making. Like those guys are on the field. You decide what pitch you're going to throw. You decide what pitch you're going to swing at. You decide what players are playing on a given day because you know baseball. You're not a freaking doctor to say when and where they can't come into. That's that's the job of somebody else. They, and and that was a broken uh, process in, in, some, in some level. Like they should not be making anybody who's, managing the team baseball wise make decisions on their health i'm sorry right so what the league should have done is said okay you guys got four positive tests on your team back today you're not allowed to play until the rest of your tests come in or just have Simple some kind that. of review process where other people who are not you know managing the actual baseball on the field make a decision instead of the people doing yeah. it just take it out of their hands don't yeah tell them if they can play or if they can't play that's it that's just that's just what needs to happen. It's like asking yeah. a guy, like, hey, you have a, you have a sprained ankle. You can barely walk. He's like, I'm good. I'm playing. Well, well like, really? right. That's the thing. Well, but the thing is, when it's a when it's a hurt hamstring or a, a, a sore neck, oh, he's a gamer. He's out there. He's playing because he wants to win for his team. This isn't like that. No, this- <laughs> I know that, but also you're you're thinking about a 23 year old kid who's asymptomatic, feels great, has no problem, just went to a strip club. Just, just like feeling good about the day and wants to play baseball. He's like, yeah, I'm fine. There's nothing wrong still, with me. Still excited from seeing those titties and eating those wings nothing, at the strip club they couldn't not go there's to. There's nothing wrong with me. I'm going to play. Like that's the, that's their mentality. I'm not saying it's, 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 it's the right mentality, but as a baseball player, 23, 24 years old, like they're going to try to play baseball. Duh. Yeah. Stop giving them the decision. And you're seeing players start to complain about the whole thing. McCutcheon tweeted that he goes on Twitter to find out if they're playing or not because there's no communication from management down. And then you got players on the Reds complaining because they're saying it's too hard to come back from COVID. Sonny, is that the, Sonny Gray? Sonny Gray, no, he didn't Sonny Gray complaining about things being too hard. It was Moustakis. Um, oh, I saw. He's been hanging around something. Sonny Gray too much. Damn it. So the some Reds players. Um, because and also with Soto, so Soto was actually turned out to be a negative, a false, a false positive. positive. But now, so he's tested negative like seven times or something crazy. But the DC officials are still like blocking him from coming back. So players are complaining. It's it's there's too many hoops to jump through to come back to the field. So what is it? Right. You got you got them complaining on both sides. You got players complaining that you're not taking our health and safety seriously enough. And then you got players complaining that you're not letting us get back on the field quick enough. Yeah, no one's no one's gonna be satisfied. Just just no just, one's just happy in all this. Just keep going. Can we just talk you have talk to, more about the, the dust up and, and how that almost that would have been worth it if they all infected each other and just fought? It would have been way worth it. Before we do that, can I just say the Yankees and Phillies are likely going to play a home and home next week? I heard uh, on the broadcast last night, uh, it was actually Ricky Ricardo because John was not feeling well. And obviously, you immediately start wondering if it's coronavirus. And he's, what is he, 82 years old? So that could be serious. If 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 we lose John to Don't coronavirus. Don't even say it. Just stop. Keep going. 
anyway, um, it looks like it's going to be the home and home next week against Philly and then a doubleheader next weekend against Tampa to make up some of their games and then they'll have to make up the Baltimore game. Oh, it's a scheduling nightmare. But they're doing right. it, but they're but they're trying to figure it out, which yeah. I give them credit for. Like they're they're not making they're like, you know what? It, this this whole season is going to be a complete cluster. Let's just see if, if we can do it. <laughs> if if uh it seems like the Yankees are going to end up making up all their games, but I don't see how the Marlins and the Phillies make up all their games. Again, dude, week 1. Do you care? No, do you care? No, I don't. I don't. What if the I, there, what are, if, what there if, are very few things that I care about, honestly, in the way that this whole season is executed? Let me ask you a question. The Rays have an issue later in the season. They play three fewer games than the Yankees, but it turns out their winning percentage is higher than the Yankees. Are you going to care? I mean, a little bit. Because they would win the division. I think. I think in that case, they they should. They hopefully um, have some kind of a contingency plan by then. No, there's no, the contingency plan is winning percentage. Well, the contingency plan may change because everything may change. Everything has changed on the fly. So they may change that too, because guess what? You think this is going to be the last time people miss games? No, this is week one. Like you said, man, this is just the beginning. This is just the beginning of this thing. Well, you know, we'll see what happens, but if if there's continuously games being missed, like this is just going to snowball and be a, a bigger cluster. I'm not saying they can't get through it. It seems like they're, they're very, very, very willing and, uh, you know, very, they're, they're, they're trying to push through this thing. So I, I hope that they can. I, obviously, I want to watch more baseball. I want to see this, the season get completed. But I do think the, 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 the rules and, and some of these contingency uh, plans, whether it's winning percentage or, you know, maybe they have, have to have like a, a, you know, another game to decide it if there's a tiebreaker game. I don't know. They're, they might do that. I could see things changing in that capacity. So do you like Joe Kelly now? Um, I, I agree with you in a little bit, like just, just don't miss. Um, at the same time, there were, uh, Mike Wisdala on our team tweeted something out that I thought was funny from, uh, Kelly's off season and him just, you know, getting some reps in throwing against the net and his house. And he just completely missed the net. <laughs> and like, Oh, didn't he break a window? Yeah, he like hit the, I don't know if he yeah, broke a window, yeah, but it, like, I, it, I mean, not even close. So yeah. there's part of me that also is like, did he actually actually mean it? Or he just did it. And then he's like, whatever, like. Yeah, yeah, I don't care. No, he meant it. I mean, obviously, because we remember the stuff with Tyler Austin and everything. Was that 18? Well, that's the thing about this whole thing, right? Joe Kelly wasn't on the 2017 Dodgers, and he was on the 2018 Red Sox that also probably cheated. Joe Kelly's just an so, ass, so he just, he just likes to pick fights, I think. And like, and it, even if it did slip out of his hand, he would probably tell you that he meant to do it. Well, the Correa one probably did slip out of his hand because it was a slider. And you're not throwing a slider at a guy. Right. And the Bregman... but. The Bregman one was a fastball. He was definitely trying to hit Bregman, or just throw. Over I have no head. doubt, in, no doubt in my mind, or throw behind. Him. Trying do like a Randy Johnson, yeah. John Crock, like some sort of send a message to Bregman. The Correa one, because I mean, that was a three zero pitch, wasn't it? What the Bregman, Bregman? Yeah, yeah. Correa, you just don't throw a slider at somebody. You just don't do that. Yeah. <laughs> What's the point? So I, I, I do like, I like, I like. The, the bucking back. I like the talking. I don't really understand how any of the Astros can say anything. I, I don't. I mean, well, but it doesn't surprise get, me because they are totally numb. Uh, but you get thrown at in the batter's box. You got to stand up for sure, yourself. But, and also, he was mocking them. I mean, the faces he was making phenomenal. at Correa. Like, oh, poor baby. My, oh, my, favorite part, my favorite part was after he hit Correa the first time, got the ball back and like turned around and was yawning. Like That was my favorite. He's like just yawning like he's like, I'm sick of being here. Like, oh, like I mean, what, what next? The yawn. He's got a little me. bit. He's a little bit of a psychopath, that Joe Kelly. Yeah, he's nuts. 
I'm okay with that though. As Apparently, long as it's not against said, my team, I'm fine. So there was a quote from Dusty Baker, and, and he said it was actually really funny. Dusty Baker after the game. What really enraged everybody was what he told Carlos Correa when he struck him out. Nice swing, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> Just I could picture Dusty Baker chewing on a toothpick, so calm, like, oh, what kind of shit did I get myself yeah, in? The, I wasn't the, even here when all this taking happened. Taking the toothpick out. Nice swing, yeah. bitch. Toothpick, like toothpick it's a, back in. Like it's a cigar. <laughs> toothpick back in. Uh, <laughs> yeah, no, the, I like I like it. I'm glad. I, I need, there needs to be more of it, honestly. Like, these guys are getting off so easy. It, it, it pisses me off. Yeah, but uh, the so fact that baseball, he got eight. Yeah, are you going to talk about the suspension because that's ridiculous? Yeah, I mean, eight games. It's what is that? I wrote it down. Thirteen percent of the season. That's a massive suspension. Um, they treated it eight games is what he would have gotten in a in a one sixty two. Yeah, it, it makes no sense. What are we doing? These guys are are walking around after egregiously cheating and and stealing stealing a world series championship but you can't see that's not what i can't you can't i you you can baseball's not though because this is how baseball's taking it well the astros were already punished for what they did now we have to punish for this initial instance on joe kelly and what they're trying to do i agree they're trying to set a precedent because you know what they don't want this year Bench clearing brawls and people getting coronavirus because they're face to face fighting on the if field. If you're gonna get it, doesn't gonna want. get it. Make it that way. <laughs> okay, but listen, I know the suspension is crazy. Do the Marlins play the Astros this year? Probably not. But if they did, no, I would no, send them to a strip club. They're not. The night they're not in the same. And then beat the shit out of the Astros physically on the field. What What's the worst team in the in the Western divisions? Is it Is it the uh, the, the Mariners? The Giants, probably. The Giants, yeah. Send the Giants in strip club night before. Kamikaze into the Astros. Someone's throwing at them, and then there's just a brawl. Can we do that on like game fifty-eight? That's cool. The uh, the Astros. So here's the thing with this. Like, obviously, that was that was fun. Like to watch the that watch that whole sequence of events. It was fun. Um. I don't know how how many. So the Dodgers are definitely the team to do it right because they lost the championship in 17 what other teams in that they play this year would do it like the yankees might want to send a message but they don't play them until next year and if they play them in the playoffs they're not going to send a message in the playoffs because guess what you don't want to lose that game because you plunked somebody right i i think it's just individual personal vendettas is what we're going to see rather than teams um especially because it goes back three years guys are all over the place now so you you have different Oakland, Oakland might send a message because Oakland was outspoken against the Astros. Again, I don't think it's a team thing. I think it's more of an individual. Like if if um, Bauer, I, if Bauer, I know he doesn't, but if Bauer will next, you know, if Bauer faces them next year. Yeah. I mean, I honestly, at this point, like Bauer, Bauer is kind of a bitch if he doesn't. To tell you the truth, he's been talking so much. Oh, like, yeah. We, got, we, we need to see something out of you. But would it surprise you if he didn't no. on the field? No, not at all. Not even a little bit. So we got a mailbag from James Christopher. Despite uh, the events from earlier this week, I cannot bring myself to like Joe Kelly. Does this make me a Tyler Austin loyalist or unbearably hard-headed? I'm with you, man. I mean, Joe Kelly, while I can give him a little golf clap for that, yeah. still annoys me. Yeah, he's still I, – I, I'm, not, I'm not a Joe Kelly fan. Don't get me wrong here. I appreciate the action. But yeah, can you just – Throwing his back? <laughs> Why do we always have to be sending messages? Can we just do it? 
So I'm not one for violence here, but let's get some violence. It's in the protocol, no bench clearing brawls. So I also think that's why he got eight game suspensions because he that's the other thing. initiated a bench clearing brawl. And again, baseball needs to tighten up these protocols, these on field protocols. If you can't even handle the on field protocols, how are you going to handle the How many times I got to tell you this? They're not there for the players. They're there for us. They're there for the press. They're very, they're there for the the cushion so that MLB has uh, to cover their ass when if something were to well, happen. Well, then That's what guess what? Guess what? We're probably not going to have a, a full season. Well, then. Get get over it. That's like get over the protocol thing because it's not. It's just it's it's not something that's actually feasible to imply or implement. It's just not. When we knew that. Um. The uh, one thing that I saw, and I don't know how much this affects the Yankees, but if the season is not completed, the luxury tax stuff carries over. So the Red Sox this year are under the luxury tax. But if they don't finish the season, they don't get credit for being under the luxury tax. Oh, I see what you're saying. I mean, that that, that does make sense. Yeah. So... um, you know, that's one thing to consider for some of those teams. Like, I don't, it, it doesn't could, affect us. So, you know, no, it doesn't really affect us, but that's a good thing for that, that. That is a positive thing, I think. No, it's also affects us because the Yankees are over the luxury tax. So it won't be one, one year. It'll, it'll be one year delayed before they have to pay the top penalty. And actually, maybe next year because Tanaka's off the books, Paxton it might not be re signed. LeMahieu's contract is up. Hap might not be on the books. Maybe they, don't you put LeMahieu into this? They better, that better be a, a higher, a higher number on our cap. But you know what I'm saying. So it's just it's a it's um one of the things know, that I don't care about is the uh, the amount of like luxury tax that the New York Yankees pay because yes I know we've tried to get under it because it's trying to be reasonable and smart but at the end of the day once they've spent it I don't care at all because this is where we can say it is not my money the Yankees are, f- are probably one of the uh, you know the wealthiest franchises in the face of this planet they're good so like those things when we talk about. I know it affects on like who we sign and how we do things sometimes, but at the end of the day, I, I don't care about the the, um, the actual penalty itself. No, it actually might hurt the Red Sox the most. Yeah, though. which is a good thing it, because they're trying to get under, and then that would delay their them getting under. So, I guess that'd be a silver lining in all of this. The Red Sox rebuild goes on for longer. Let me ask you a question about that though. Specifically, do you want the do you want the Red Sox to be a bad team for a long time? No, I don't. I want them to be. No, I mean I we. Do you remember in? What year were the Red Sox that we did this podcast? The Red Sox, I guess none of the years the Red Sox, the Red Sox were always, but there was, you know, those years when they were like last place, they went from like first yes, to last. Yes. And I was like, well, those games against the Red Sox just aren't as fun. When That's the thing. A, I don't want to see them as a, I don't want to see them as a terrible team. team. I, I want to no. beat them every single time, but I want those games to be competitive. I want the, I want the juices to be flowing on them. And if they're, you know, this year though, I'll take it. This year's, this, this year's year, different. This year's different because the Yankees have enough things going on. Like Tampa is a big threat and everything. So if the Red Sox are in last place in a 60 game season and finish below Baltimore in the 60 game yeah, season, I'll rub that in. I'll rub that in. That's embarrassing. But in the in the longevity and like I, I enjoy I enjoy the uh the rivalry. I like to hate them. So if they're not if they're not good, that was kind of like the whole Jets Patriots thing. Like the Jets Patriots thing was cool for like couple years and then the Patriots just started yeah, when the Jets when the Jets were competitive and then when, when Rex, the Jets so during the Rex Ryan years it was actually team. during the Rex Ryan years it was it was interesting there was intrigue yeah. there the Jets beat them in the playoffs there was a you know Rex Ryan actually had all, most of the games against the Patriots were competitive and 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 tight 
but when the Patriots just kept winning and, and and beating them every single time, like there was no more rivalry. It was no more on, on the Jet side and on the Patriots side. There, you just can't say anything either way because it's like, ah, all right, saying the same thing. A Patriots fan, Jets fans, I'm like, well, didn't expect it. There's no rivalry now. Like, so it, it makes it less fun. Yeah, and I know some people, myself included, said that the rivalry kind of died when the Red Sox finally beat the, the Yankees in 2004. But in all the years leading up to that, the Red Sox were right there knocking at the door. It's just the Yankees kept winning when it ultimately mattered. But it's not like the Red Sox were just a basement team the whole time. 2003, they were right there. In the 90s, they were right there. So That's what made it so like much worse was that they had the yeah. talent and they were at the they had the ability to take that next step, but just couldn't do it. Right. Yeah. Right. So you're just like, eh, nope. Eh, yeah. Nope. Yeah. They kept getting to the precipice and then the Yankees kept Smacking stepping on their down, face. Yeah. yeah. Um, anything else you want to discuss from the, uh, the COVID shutdown, the, uh, the, the game last night, anything? The, the, um, no, I mean the game last night, I, I expect every game to be like that. I expect balls to be flying out of the park. Uh, it's just a matter of if our, if our pitchers on that day decide that they want to, um, pitch well against these guys and, and manage the uh the the amount of run scored or if Boone wants to manage the amount of run scored or he wants to get more depth from a guy. Those will be the decisions that that could possibly factor into a loss. How how long a, a guy is out there because they need him to stretch out a little bit more and then giving up runs. And if the Yankees can on that given day connect enough bats to ball to um to score eight runs. And I'm confident um, that they can. So you've obviously seen this latest Yankees cheating accusation accusations. Yeah. I messaged the guy who was reporting it and he answered me. I wanted to come out, wanted to have him on the podcast and he answered me and he said, I need to check with my team to find out if, if it's okay. But he never got back to me after that. I followed up. I wonder who his team is, but he's getting just dragged through the mud on like all these other, you know, reporters saying, no, this was checked by the league multiple times the, apparently, the league looked into it in 2018 and 2019 and found nothing with this with this incident. But the Astros clearly just want someone else to, to have the heat, right? The Astros are looking for somebody else to take the heat right now, and I think that's what this is. Yeah, the because um... <laughs> he keeps saying I have sources, sources, MLB sources. His sources, if I had to guess, Michael are... Michael Schwab is the guy, right? Yeah. If I had to guess, his sources are the personnel who are still bitter in the Astros who were fired, probably. Whether it's Lunau or it's the uh, – who is the second in command there that got that got canned, who was just a total asshole. Yeah, I forgot his name for good reason. Um, so that's who I would guess his sources are. But obviously I would ask if he came on the podcast. And, and – uh- Andy Andy Martino SNY came out and kind of rebutted it in a, in an article as well, talking about the investigations yep. and just kind of like itemized each one. Nope, 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 nope. Yeah. Fact check the whole thing and yeah. Look, what I think it what I think it is it was um, it was league approved. I don't know if the Yankees were using it for anything shady or not, but what I do know is that sort of stuff will no longer happen. I think that's a change. You know, you you can no longer just put an intern out in center field with a high res camera pointing at the catcher. It's just not going to happen anymore. Well, you think it's not going to happen. There's just going to be different ways that they do it. Yeah, they're going to figure something else. No, out. the way that is in that video sure, yes. is not going to happen right. anymore. So, uh you're are you looking something up right now? I am. But it's it's of no concern. 
Okay. Because I great. probably won't I find it because I'm slow. <laughs> I, think <that's, laughs> I think that's the end of the episode. Um, you know, hopefully these the the next week of games, the next four days of games uh, go off without a hitch. We'll talk to you again on Monday. Submit your mailbag questions at bronxpinstripes.com slash podcast, or you can tweet at us at Yankees Podcast. Those DMs are open. You can shoot those the DM in there, and we can answer uh, your question on the show. Um, Tanaka, big, big, to big thing for Tanaka. I mean, coming back, th- this is something I, I just wanted to mention, that um, obviously Tanaka – how fortunate we are for for him being on the mound coming up against Boston because of um you know that the way that it looked when he got hit from oh yeah we, we didn't I feel like you look at that and you're like oh, that that guy's going to be out for a very long time and hopefully not you know very seriously hurt and the fact that he's coming back on the mound in week two uh of the of the season is pretty pretty phenomenal so um I'm very fortunate for that and for 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 him being just healthy enough and feeling good enough to be out there I haven't seen any reports that he's going to wear like extra padding or anything like that. Um, you know, some guys wear the Spaceballs helmet or something, but I think some guys will, will argue and tell you that that is more of a distraction and also yeah. just gets you out of a, a flow of what you normally would do. And, and you know, 99% of the time that ball is either you're able to get out of the way or it's not coming in that spot. So it's, it's just, it was like a, you know, a fluky thing. And I think Tanaka probably chalks it up to that. All right, that's it for this episode. Talk to you guys again on Monday. Hey, guys, thanks for listening to the Bronx Pinstripe Show. Make sure you find us on iTunes and subscribe so you can get all new episodes directly onto your phone. If you do like the show, we'd love for you to take a minute and give us a five-star rating and review in iTunes. It really helps us out and allows us to create more shows. We're on Twitter at Bronx Pinstripes and the same on Facebook. You can always find us there talking Yankee baseball. Thanks again, guys, for your support. Really appreciate it. And go Yankees.